1: Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com business gold card.
2: Oh, it's going to be a really good week. What's everybody? What's up, everybody? Welcome into Early Edge Live and our divisional round NFL mega preview. We do it every single Tuesday. During the NFL season, and I got to tell you, if you would have told me at the start of the season that these would be the four games we'd have on the vision around weekend, we would have taken it all day and all night. How about three NFC East teams still alive of the four in the NFC? So what are we going to do this week? We have a very special start times for our previews before the evening games on saturday how about before the giants and the eagles boy that's going to be a banger in philadelphia 7 30 p.m eastern time right here with me and the crew then on sunday the games are moved up just a little bit so so will we 5 30 p.m eastern time we will count down to the cowboys and the 49ers perhaps the best matchup of the weekend arguably Certainly in the NFC, it's going to be good. Let's bring in the stars of the show because, you know, we do it every single Tuesday with the greatest minds that America has to offer. First and foremost, live from Nashville, Tennessee, the penthouse level M square. Good afternoon.
3: Good afternoon, coach maestro RJ. Great to see you guys. You know, it's my favorite show of the week. Can't wait to hear what these guys have to say
2: next. He runs everything NFL at Sportsline. He is the stoic one. R-J-Y. You got to be pumped for this week, big boy.
4: I am pumped. I'm pumped the Bills get to play at home against the Bengals. Uh, It seems like the Bengals probably got a little bit screwed there because of how the the NFL decided to fix that what happened in week 17, quote unquote. So um, I'm sure that they'll be coming in the game a little ticked off and we're going to get their best.
2: And finally, oh, nobody gets more pumped up about the National Football League than our man, the maestro. Larry Hartstein, good afternoon.
5: Good afternoon, guys. We're right in the thick of the NFL playoff grind. Let's let's get it.
2: Let's get it. If you're brand new to the brand or to this show, we go through every single game. We give out our best bets. Why do we do that on Tuesday? Because the numbers change. We got Cincinnati last Tuesday at six and a half. What did they win by? Seven. It pays to watch live. So let's jump right in, guys, because the first game, the number one seed, they're fresh, the Kansas City Chiefs at home, and again, If the Chiefs and Bills both win this weekend, they play in Atlanta on uh, Championship Sunday. So, Chiefs are laying 8.5, total 53 over the Jags. Now, all three of you are going to talk on all of these games, but RJ, I'm looking at my notes, and you like the Chiefs two different ways this week. Start us off.
4: Yeah, I like laying the points with the Chiefs at minus eight and a half. I also like throwing them in a teaser. There's two very clear teaser legs, and I'm taking that teaser um, on Saturday. So teasing the Chiefs down to minus two and a half is the first leg of the teaser. Jacksonville is very lucky to advance. They had a negative five turnover margin. But of course, the Chargers going to charge her and they lose every game that they possibly can in every different way possible when the game is on the line. We know that happens with them. That's not the M.O. of the Chiefs. They can they can, you know, boat race you whenever they want. Chiefs actually dominated Jacksonville in the first meeting earlier in the season, 486 yards, 315 yards. And they won that game by 10 despite two lost fumbles and a negative three in turnover margin. So Kansas City was the team way behind in turnovers shouldn't have won that game won it by 10 if they're playing like that and you have a minus three turnover margin and they still win by 10 what if it's a positive turnover margin they could they could roll in this game Jacksonville's defense just 22nd in pass yards per play 29th on third down 24th in the red zone I think Kansas City's going to score a ton here going to be hard to, to hold them to short drives keep them on their side of the field and even though the Kansas City defense is only 25th in interception rate Lawrence can is creating them anyway especially in the first half of these games the last couple weeks um, so if he does that again I don't know if Jacksonville has any chance to 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 uh, compete here he has to be at his absolute best and even if he is I think Kansas City might still win by 10 so that's why I like laying the points here I think this line could get up to 10 um, and definitely tease it now before it moves up
2: I like that a lot I love how you're looking at it for those of you might be brand new to NFL betting there's so many different ways to play but teaser legs you want to have that half point we talk about it all season long it's a perfect teaser leg at 8.5 to take it right down to 2.5. You win by a field goal. You'll still win the teaser leg of that. Great way to protect it. RJ, thank you very much. By the way, KC in the chat says uh, if you follow RJ on Sportsline, you're already set for the weekend. I tell you that all the time. Become a Sportsline member. You got all of my cappers, all three of these guys. You get all their stuff for 10 bucks a month. Come on. Stop it. Just stop it. Mikey, I'm coming to you because last week I cashed a big Moneyline ticket thanks to you. This week could you possibly make it bigger? Yes,
3: we can definitely make the money line parlay bigger this week. Do you want me to give the entire parlay now or just tell you that the Chiefs are in it? Uh you let me know on that coach, but I'll talk about just, the Chiefs. Just later. go with
2: one, just go with the and we'll go through each game and just go with the Chiefs now. Perfect. Yeah, I, I like the Chiefs in this game.
3: I like them against the spread as well. Uh, I'm going to play them on RJ's teaser. I think that's going to be an incredibly great teaser, like one of the best of the season, in my opinion. Uh, the computer number on this game is 11 for Kansas City over Jacksonville. Love that Kansas City's fresh. Love the home field advantage. I think we all can agree Jacksonville's incredibly fortunate to be here. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, not super sharp. Just a big mismatch once again here. I think Kansas City absolutely rolls in this game. Uh, so much so, I've already purchased my airline tickets to Atlanta, uh, where I personally think the AFC Championship game will be held. But we will see how that goes. We, I think the Chiefs absolutely roll here. Um, massive, massive mismatch. One of the biggest. New York. I, I would say, honestly, it's a bigger mismatch than the Bills-Dolphins.
4: Wow. As wow. Much, we know, crazy as that sounds.
2: Crazy. You're such a savage for buying the tickets before the games even start. I I wish I had the guts to do that. My flight's a little bit longer than yours, but damn it, I actually thought about it. Damn it. I don't have the guts like Mikey does. Now, Maestro, let me come to you because when you – and I know it's the playoffs and not a bye week, but when the Chiefs are coming off a week off, they always have something in the can, something in their back pocket. Andy Reid designs new plays. I think this is an awful spot, like the guys have said, for the Jags. What do you think?
5: I think more than the game plan is the health. I mean, guys like Frank Clark, Lajarius Nee, Joe Tooney, other guys that were banged up and even out the last week of the season. Everyone is practicing. The only guy, McCole Hardman, is the only guy not available for the Chiefs. They are incredibly healthy. I mean, Sky Moore coming back. We saw Kadarius Toney make an impact. So they're incredibly healthy. The thing about the buying the extra time is I don't know if Doug Peterson and his familiarity might offset that a little bit, but I want to harp on something RJ said. With With the plus three turnover margin the Jags had, you know, totally outgained 170 yards. They also had an onside kick. They recovered an onside kick, a surprise onside kick, and they couldn't do anything with it. So, so many things went the Jags way. They still lost by 10. I'm surprised to see this number below the 10. Uh, Great season for Jacksonville. Great comeback win. The future is incredibly bright. This is a terrible spot.
2: Terrible, terrible spot. RG, let me come back to you because when we talk about players in this game that could have really big games, the Chiefs have been a team that we haven't been able, other than Travis Kelsey, to be able to back players because he throws to like 10 guys a game. What do you think from a player perspective we should be watching this week?
4: I mean, Jared McKinnon anytime touchdown. He's, he's catching touchdowns every single week. It seems, seems like setting records from the running back position. Um, uh, you know, catching touchdowns every week. So, I think get him involved in the passing game is smart. I think Pacheco has a great game because they're going to be up in the set in the second half. Uh, hand it to him and let him kind of take the ball from there and uh, and get you the win. So I'd be looking to his overs and uh, McKinnon to score a touchdown, and then we know Kelsey's going to get his.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm at Kelsey, Mike. He's going to be probably. Six and a half, like he normally is, and somewhere around seventy to eighty yards. But when you look at your model, I know it's early in the week, but props come out a lot earlier during the playoffs than they do during the regular season. What do you think?
3: Yeah, no, I think it's a good spot for Travis Kelsey, um, the guy that I still want to speculate more on. And I think you're dead on on the numbers. I think it'll be six and a half. Um, I'm going to pull up the yardage on it as we talk. But the guy I want to speculate most on is Kadarius Tony. Uh, This sets up as a pretty good individual matchup for him. They started mixing him in a little bit more even in that final game. Uh, I think he's still getting up to speed in terms of learning the playbook. I think the additional week off here is going to be awesome for him in general. He's someone who's just, you can see it anytime he touches the football, how electric he is. He's someone I would expect them to at least have packages designed for. Uh, the rest of the way this season for him. So I, I'm looking to speculate on Tony's anytime touchdown, his yardage, all the above on Kadarius Tony.
2: And no doubt we will talk about that on our special pregame show on Saturday. Maestro, let me come to you because on the Jacksonville side, we've looked at Travis ATN and cashed his number, but this might be a good spot to fade him because the game script, we believe, will be Chiefs out in front for the entire game.
5: Probably, but you know, the thing about him last week was they were way behind and they still stuck with it. I and that was, you know, it really paid off because he's so explosive. You know, he can take it the distance. Um, he's just like a short pass, but I think getting him the ball out of the backfield will also be key. Yes, we expect them to be behind. Um, I just think that this is this is just a much tougher matchup for them defensively because you know they're they're not good against the pass and patrick mahomes he's got so many weapons and mckinnon has become invaluable so uh i i'm saying something like 3420
1: Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.
2: I love that thought process a lot, by the way. And I know we don't talk about motivation a lot, but Patrick Mahomes just got 49 out of 50 all first team, all pro votes. And which usually translates to whoever that is gets the MVP. He's going to want to show the world that he is the MVP. I think he's going to have a great game. And I think they win by more than 10 collectively. I think we all agree on that. All right. So that is the four thirty PM Eastern game on Saturday. We'll have an extended show in the morning for that game. Now, we will have a pregame show for this game, and I cannot believe that the number is where it is. And maybe I'm the idiot, so you guys have to tell me if I am. Giants looked fantastic in Minnesota. Daniel Jones played his butt off. his rushing total went over his throwing total. He was amazing. The Eagles, breaking news earlier today, Jalen Hurts has been cleared. He is a full go for Saturday night. So it's seven and the hook, total at 48 RJ, let's start with you because this is the other half of your teaser leg.
4: Yeah, I'm interested to see which way you're surprised. Do you think it should be four and a half? Do you think it should be ten and a half? Uh, I, I,
2: I can't believe it's over a touchdown, to be honest.
4: Yeah, Philly rolled in the first meeting behind the run game and pressure on Daniel Jones, who had seven sacks. Um, so if you're getting that type of game plan um, and Hurts not being limited as a runner, if he is full health, uh, maybe the the Eagles go out and score 40 again. Uh, they only had two sacks of Davis Webb. In that second game, it was obviously a much closer game was, I think, a 14 or 16 point spread and ended up only being six uh, because the Eagles faltered in the red zone, um, had to settle for field goals. Um, They're typically top five on third down and in the red zone, as are the Giants. So um, it's very good situational football with these two teams matching up. And if um, if Hertz is limited at all, if uh, if Lane Johnson is blowing a block or two because he's limited on third downs then I think the Giants could win that matchup that's really the thing you'll have to look at early in the game to see how this game's going to go I think the Giants can replicate their plan from week 18 with better personnel this time around we know everybody sat in that game Um, so my power ratings would have the Eagles at nine and a half if there was no health concerns on Hertz and Johnson because they are definitely one of the best teams in the league but it feels like the Giants can muddy up this game keep it close positive injury news on those guys. I think will likely inflate the line. We just got that hurts news. I I don't know that the lines had a chance to move yet, but if he continues to look good and Johnson is on the way to playing, I could see this going up. And then at that point, I think you might want to grab the giants, but I have the Eagles as a second leg of the teaser minus one and a half right now, pairing them with the chiefs. I will also note favorites in playoff matchups of division rivals, which is, this is the only one this week are three and 10 against the spread in the last nine years. Um, So in, in the, in these, these type of games here. So, um, I would look to the Giants to, with their familiarity, keep this one closer than people expect.
2: Very interesting. Three and ten favorites in the divisional round of teams that are in the same division. Great stat. Mikey, let me come to you now. This is the second leg of your money line parlay, and I'm assuming you agree, maybe for different reasons, with RJ.
3: Yeah, look, I, I like the Eagles a lot in this spot. Uh, like him, he I, I believe his number was nine and a half. I uh, make the game ten on the Eagles' side. Uh, I think having the week off is just massive. You can't overstate how much the the importance of rest at this point in the season is, especially when the most important player on the team is still battling and recovering from injury being Jalen Hurts. Uh, it's just a great time to get them all that rest here. I think that we're overreacting a little bit to the success against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, we've seen their record. It was fantastic throughout the season, all the close wins. My biggest comp to them is the Las Vegas Raiders. I think these teams are absolutely identical. Uh, I, I think they're not very good teams. They just One team won a lot of one-score games. The other one did not. They've got the big, flashy wide receiver. They've got the running back that's been really good at times, uh, but that's really all they've got. I don't put much stock in the win Uh, against the Minnesota Vikings in the controlled environment where it's a heck of a lot easier to throw the football. Um, Daniel Jones, great game. I think he's an awesome competitor. I certainly think that there's a possibility that they can cover this number with the hook at seven and a half. I'll be looking to grab it in game there. But again, I love RJ's teaser leg, love the Eagles to win the game outright. Uh, At this point in the season, that is really all that matters. Escape with the win. That's what they're going to do.
2: That's all that matters. That's what makes it very difficult. We talked last week about the big spread with the Dolphins. Even without the quarterback, they still were able to keep it well within that number. It's very tough when you start climbing 10 or north of 10. Maestro, last week, say what you want about the win or not say what you want about the win, but it was fairly obvious that the week off helped Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley looked like a beast. He was just running over guys. How much like that do the Giants have to play against the Eagles to keep this close?
5: They would love to play like that, but you only get to play the Vikings one time, you know, in the playoffs. You know, that's the thing. You could go to the Super Bowl if you get to play that defense. They could score on every single drive against the Vikings. They had, I believe, 10 plays of 10 plus yards. They had two plays of 10 plus yards, I think, on every single drive. You don't get that. And against the Eagles, you know, throwing out the last week because the starters weren't there and Jalen Hurts was hurt. In that first matchup, the Eagles had a pressure rate of 54%. The Giants gave up 43% during the regular season. The Eagles were number two in pressure rate. That's a matchup that could get ugly for the Giants. I love Brian Dabo. I love the Giants. I want to take the points with everything in my heart. But if Jalen Hurts is healthy and Lane Johnson, who they're 10-22 and 22 when he's not on the field, but he is limited so far, expect, expectation is he will play. Um, I agree with RJ. I think this line is going up.
2: See, that's the thing that I worry a little bit. Jalen Hurts has missed all of the money games. Although those three games he did not play, when a quarterback doesn't play for a full month, RJ, there could be rust there that could last an extended, you know, two, three, maybe even four series. That could affect the game.
4: Yeah, he did get into the game that that last game on the Giants. It was the uh, the Giants that sat players, but he was not the oh, same. He, yeah. he he couldn't. He didn't run the ball very well. He had nine carries for 19 yards in that first game. I think he had 70 something rush yards, and that's really what unlocks the offense there for Philadelphia is be him the rushing threat of him being able to run the ball, and you have to cover so much in the running game plus those great receivers. So if he's not effective as a runner, then um, that really kind of limits what the offense can do, and that's the reason why the only won that game by six instead of 16. Um, so. So that's kind of the key. Watch the first quarter, see how he is, see if he's able to do his normal things as a runner. The expectation is that he will, because he's not even on the practice report right now. And if he is his same old Jalen Hurts that was in line to win the MVP before his injury, then Philly could have a big game offensively.
2: Let's talk players for a second, Mikey, because we will have the prop shop on Thursday and all of the props should be out by then with Prop Stars and Sia. But on the Eagles side, We know they have A.J. Brown. We know they have Devontae Smith. Who are the guys you're going to be looking at this week?
3: Yeah, it's going to be a little bit of A.J. Brown, but I'm going to look to Dallas Goddard quite a bit in this particular matchup. Uh, You know, the Vikings, obviously, it's not an equal comparison with T.J. Hawkinson, but I do think the Giants are going to be a little vulnerable to that position, especially when you do have to cover the threat of Jalen Hurts running the football and having Devontae Smith playing well alongside AJ Brown, so I'm going to be focused. If I bet any player props, it'll likely be Dallas Goddard props on both receptions, yardage, and potentially an anytime touchdown.
2: And Maestro in the chat, they're talking about looking at Saquon Barkley's longest rush. Perhaps it's probably it's not out yet, but I would assume it's going to be somewhere between 16 and 20. We know he had a 22-yard touchdown run, and Daniel Jones his rushing numbers he's been sailing over as well those are two guys that I'm looking at your thoughts
5: yeah it was interesting that Saquon who only had 24 rushing yards 24 or 28 in the big loss they had to the Eagles and then he didn't play in week 18 so they completely shut him down and the Giants couldn't keep going to the run because they were so far behind but it was interesting he only had nine carries in the playoff game and maybe it's because Daniel Jones saw something. They saw something where they just kept running Daniel Jones uh, and he had 17 carries, but it wasn't like the other guys got rushes. It was basically Daniel Jones or Barkley and Barkley only got nine carries. I think obviously the Eagles game plan going in will be let's swarm them because the Eagles corners are so much better than the Vikings corners. I mean, those starting corners can match up man to man with the Giants, So they don't really need to, to be worried um about anything other than Barkley at, off the bat.
2: See, I, I hear what you're saying, Maestro, but I the Eagles gave up a lot of points at the end of the season. They just did. They they're not this great defense that you keep saying they are. I just I just I, don't agree with it. I'm just, not
5: saying they're a great defense. I think I really think it was the offense that slumped down the stretch. You know, I mean, even that loss to the Saints, what was it like 20 to 10? The offense with Jalen Hurts getting hurt was not you know, was, was the problem down the stretch. I think the defense is pretty healthy except for Avante
2: Maddox. Okay. I'm not saying they're not healthy. I just don't think there is, they give up a lot of points, but we'll see what happens. We'll discuss it. That's why we do these shows. Exactly. All right. So those are the two Saturday games now on Sunday, boy, it doesn't get any better than this 3 PM Eastern time. The bills are laying five total 48. Again, this game is in Buffalo. If Buffalo wins. Then the AFC Championship would be in Atlanta if the Chiefs win. If the Bengals win, they would have to travel to Arrowhead. Am I right with that? They would have to travel to Arrowhead, correct? Correct. Correct. Okay, great. If the Chiefs win, obviously. So, Mikey, I'm coming to you because you're kind of attacking this game the same way that RJ attacked the Jags and Chiefs. Start us off.
3: Yeah, I love the Bills in this matchup. Uh, I played a minus four and a half. It is still available. Definitely play that over minus five if you have the option to do so. Uh, Incredibly worried about the Bengals, really on both sides of the ball, but definitely on that offensive line when you're playing in a hostile road environment. It's just so much different than playing at home with a banged-up offensive line. Uh, Look, they lost Jonah Williams in this last game. We already know Collins is out, Alex Kappa out. Uh, They're going to be down at least three starting offensive linemen in this game. Now, this Bills defense has been one of the better defenses at putting pressure on quarterbacks. That I expect to continue in this particular matchup based on the offensive line that we're going to see. And then on the other side, the defensive side, I, I do have some concerns. I don't know the status of Eli Apple yet. Uh, you watched that game uh, against the Ravens. He was very visibly uh, kind of beaten up in that game multiple times, definitely left the game. Um, we'll see if he's able to play, but if he is not, that is a huge, huge loss, considering they're already out with the Woozie. Uh, I think this is a tough, tough task for the Bengals. I think we're giving them a lot of credit. what they did last year um, and how good they looked at times down the stretch, but they've lost an offensive lineman and I believe three straight games now. Uh, And and I think that this is a really, really difficult spot for them. Uh, Obviously huge emotional spot for the bills. It's going to continue to be, we'll see if DeMar is able to make it to the stadium or not, but, it's going to be a huge emotional spot here for the Bills. The NFL wants this game to be a neutral site game in the FC title game. Uh, just all the things setting up on the Bills. So I'm playing them minus four and a half. I make the picks and I am playing them on the money line.
2: All right. Very good. Maestro, let me come to you because when you look at how the Bengals were able to beat the Ravens without the dumb Huntley trying to go in from two yards out, they would have given up 24 points and – a lot of that was through the air to a team that doesn't throw the ball very well. Now you got to face Josh Allen and all of these great receivers. I think Mikey's spot on with this.
5: I'm going to go the other way because I think the Bills – Almost losing to the Dolphins or being in a close game with Skylar Thompson is even worse than you know than the performance the Bengals had. And you rightly said they probably should have lost the game. They come up with a great play and Huntley with a stupid play uh, to leap high in the air with the ball and not even be close to the goal line. Uh, I want to point out that the Bengals' offensive line last year might have been worse than even this depleted offensive line. And the backup who stepped in, Jackson Carmen, he is a left tackle. He didn't play great, but he actually graded out, according to PFF, Take it for what you will Uh, about as well as Jonah Williams has been playing for for the course of the season. And now we'll have a whole week to get ready for. It will be a crazy atmosphere, but no Von Miller. And I just go back to the Bengals in the underdog role is when you want to back them. They're getting over a field goal, getting over four, which is a key number and against Josh Allen who just seems to be make these key mistakes. I mean, they're so explosive. They have matchup advantages all over the field. As Mikey pointed out, you know, with Eli Apple, even when he's in there uh, is very burnable. Uh, but the key mistakes and Lou Anarumo and the way he can scheme and the way he can sit back in the shell. Can Josh Allen be patient enough? He hasn't shown it. I mean, the turnover rate, what is it? Seven turnovers against the Patriots and dolphins in the last two games.
0: eBay motors is here for the ride.
2: Well, I tell you what, R.J., when you take all of that information and you look at both defenses maybe being without key players, maybe the total is the way to go because we saw this last week five of the six games went to the over, and last night was within a half a point. If people bought a point last night, they also hit the over in all six games. Do you think the total is in play here?
4: Well, I, w- I was eyeing the total on an under. Um, it was at fifty. It's down to forty. Got down to forty-eight. I think there is legitimate concern about the Cincy offense with that offensive line they're talking about. But Jackson Carmen, I think he did well in relief of, of Williams last week, but being on the road in this brutal environment is a completely different. T- trying to hear the calls, trying to get your timing right. I know he has a few days of practice to work on that, but but he's not going to have the advantageous uh, situation that he had when he filled in at home against the Ravens. Since his offense only had 234 yards versus Baltimore. Had to get the ball out super early because they had no confidence their offensive line would hold up. Even with Von Miller out, I think those can generate pass rush here and uh, attack different parts of that offensive line and get home. Uh, Cincy a half yard from being down seven in the fourth quarter last week, had 4.3 yards per play to 5.5 yards per play for a Baltimore offense that isn't that impressive, especially throwing the ball, but they couldn't get stops against them. Now you go to the Buffalo team, who you say, oh, they could barely beat Skylar Thompson. I mean, that Miami defensive touchdown made the score respectable. Miami won the yards per play battle, 5.9 to 3.3. They absolutely dominated on a per-play basis, and just the situations in that game, and committing bad turnovers, which has been their M.O. lately, is really what made that game close. So will they be? Able, will they commit those bad turnovers. I can't say whether they will or not. I mean, they've had three turnovers and three straight. It feels like that's the one thing they need to do to stay ahead in this game is protect the ball. But they do have the personnel, I think, to limit the Cincy passing attack, keep things in front of them like Baltimore was doing with Chase. They are fifth against the pass where Baltimore is 19th in terms of yards per play, whereas Cincy's defense is 15th in pass yards per play and 29th in sack, right? So as long as Allen isn't making the mistakes, I think he can move the ball down the field consistently score. Buffalo wins the game by 7 to 10 because the Cincy offensive line can't hold up. But if Allen starts making mistakes, then it's anybody's game.
2: Yeah, make no mistake about it. Last week, the Bengals only scored 17. Seven of that was that crazy run back from the fumble, but they only managed 17 points offensively. All right, game number four. And we will have a very special start time for our pregame show, Early Edge Live, before this one. And I cannot wait. The Cowboys looked fantastic last night. I know it was against the Bucks, but Dak Prescott answered all the critics. He had four touchdown passes. They scored 31 points. They looked the part. The Bucks looked absolutely disorganized and just bad. So the 49ers laying three and a half, total 46 and a half. Now the 49ers will have two more day, guys, days than the Cowboys will have because of playing Saturday and Monday. Is it fair? I don't know, but it is what it is. So, Maestro, let me start with you because one of your best bets is in this game. Which way are you going?
5: I thought the Bucks would be competitive, and that was completely my bad. And but I was shocked at how bad they were, and their total inability to run the ball on Dallas. Of course, the end zone interception changed everything. But you know, Dallas is not going to have such a comfortable game. They had the most comfortable game ever. Dak Prescott could look around; guys were wide open. He was not under duress, and. And in terms of the defense, the defense did not have to stop the run. The Bucs are unable to run the ball. Now you get a 49ers team that will run the ball. The Cowboys are mediocre, you know, right middle of the pack in terms of stopping the run. That's actually the better way to attack them. And I just think with the Cowboys are going to be playing from behind on the road against the best defense in football, a team that's won 11 straight, a team that in terms of EPA per play since week eight has been the best offense and the best defense in football. I know Brock Purdy's a rookie. But I just think the the, the train the run for the Cowboys ends here. It was a great performance, not taking anything away. They dominated a team that seemed fortunate to be there. This is a totally different class of opponent.
2: Maestro, what are you talking about? Jerry Jones said it last night. He's comparing this team to the early 90s team. He said it. They got better and better and won three. Cha- What's he even talking about that for? Shut up, Jerry. Damn. Now, Mikey, I'm coming to you because you're playing the Chiefs on the money line, the Eagles on the money line, the Bills on the money line. How do we round out your four-way money line parlay, sir?
3: The favorites absolutely roll this weekend, Coach. Uh, It's a rare, rare opportunity, but it is another play of mine here where I'm adding the 49ers. We've got all four favorites on the money line, plus 249. Not as significant as last week's wager, but there is still a comma in the wager. To give you some perspective on it, we like this play quite a bit. Uh, As far as the 49ers, though, they are the better team. They're on home field advantage. They're on the long extended rest here. And Dallas is absolutely inflated after that last game here against Tampa Bay. Yes, they should have won the game. They very clearly should have won that game. They were the better team. However, Tom Brady's interception in the end zone at that point in the game drastically changed the way that that football game was going to go, in my opinion. Uh, I think the San Francisco team is going to have far more success running the football on the ground. I also think they have a huge, huge coaching edge here and all the weapons. When you've got McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, uh, the quarterbacking situation behind that offensive line, it really doesn't matter as much, which is why Purdy's been able to have so much success there. Uh, Love the defensive side of the ball as well. I think they're going to be able to put a lot more pressure on Dak than Tampa Bay was able to generate. I think this line should be minus
2: five. Most sharps, most analysts consider the 49ers to be the best team, certainly out of the NFC, but maybe the Super Bowl favorites. Joe says, Coach hates the Cowboys. I love it. I just hate teams that haven't done anything for 25 years that still get this love. I can't stand it. They've done nothing in the 2000s. Nothing. So, RJ, let me come to you because everybody has said every single game, oh, Brock Purdy, he's a rookie. He'll come back to earth. They can't do that with this him. They can't get through the – wait a second. They scored 41 in their first playoff game, and he looked after the first quarter, he looked very, very comfortable. Do you think the Niners should be the favorites to go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC?
4: It'll be tough. We'll have to know about Jalen Hurts' health to know that. The Eagles are a very complete team, too, and they look very good for most of the season. Um, I do understand the love for the 49ers. It is hard to get past the fact they do have Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback from this year, as solid as he's been, and how much um, Shanahan's offense helps a quarterback, no matter who he is, have success. Um, There is still that. With the game on the line, once you do have one of these close games, um, is he going to be able to come through in a way that some of these other quarterbacks are a little bit more proven? Um, So We'll see that i mean this line is a little interesting to me in that it's down to three and a half. I give San Francisco two and a half for home field advantage. Then you talk about the coaching mismatch between Shanahan and uh, McCarthy on the other side, that might be worth a full point. And then you get to the talent of the players. We haven't even talked about the rest, but then you get talented to the players. Did the 49ers have a more talented roster than the Cowboys? I think they probably do. Um, I, a lot has been made about that San Francisco streak, winning all these games, especially after McCaffrey came Dallas only loss in regulation since week six was that ugly week 18 game at Washington. And I think we read too much into that game. I know I did. Um, Um, how poorly they played in that game heading into that Tampa Bay game. That's why I like Tampa. And then Tampa didn't show up. So Dallas's offense erased that sinker four straight 80 plus yard touchdown drives against what had been a solid Tampa Bay defense that didn't show up in that game. Uh, Tampa is just 26 in the interception rate where San Francisco was third. So Dak had a problem with interceptions all throughout down the stretch, throwing interceptions every single game Um, that might return here. If San Francisco's defense comes to play and is able to create those opportunities with San Francisco being second in rush yards per play, uh, uh, on defense that can put Dak in a tough third down position because we know McCarthy's going to run it on first down. He's going to run it in these situations and be conservative where coaches typically do rather than putting the ball in Dak's hands on first down. Like he should. Um, then when Dak gets into these tough third downs, will the San Francisco defense make him pay? I think they probably could on the other side of the ball, the San Francisco offense should be able to run on the Dallas defense, not force Purdy to win the game for them. And their offensive line is good enough to keep the pressure of Dallas at bay. So with the coaching edge, with the better chance of executing offense with the coach that, the coaching mismatch and home field i agree with mikey i think the 49ers should probably be a little more favorites and i'm surprised this line came down i would lay the three and a half
2: too i've already laid that three and a half mikey chat question he goes uh, roger says i'm all about the money line parlay but why is it okay with y'all now and not during the year can you explain the difference between regular season nfl and playoff nfl please
3: Yeah, I mean, the first difference is, number one, they're all must-win games. Uh, Season's over if you don't win in that one. But take a look at, like, the Eagles and the Giants example. If this were a regular season game, the spread would be 9.5 or 10. The money line would be ballooned uh, and inflated. You just get better pricing on some of the money lines. The games are more competitive. They're tighter. uh, And there are fewer options on the board here. Um, So when I've got this situation where we've got one or two legs, like last week, Last week wasn't necessarily a great week to go play the money line parlay. The only reason I played it last week was because we knew I personally thought I knew very certainly that there were going to be quarterbacks that weren't playing. We were going to see massive line movement. My minus one hundred and two closed on aggregate at minus one hundred and eighty uh, across the sportsbook. So when you can accurately project things like that, uh, that makes these playing playing these a lot more profitable. Um, so yeah, hopefully that makes sense.
2: Yeah. And the Dolphins-Bills game is exactly what he's talking about. It went from eight to 13 and a half the minute Skylar Thompson was announced. Yes, Maestro.
5: Well, great point by somebody in the chat that is the Cowboys four straight road game. But I also want to point out Kyle Shanahan. And we know what he did as the Falcons offensive coordinator and blowing that Super Bowl. But as a head coach, he's 6-1 against the spread, and the only loss was the to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl when they had the, that big lead in the fourth quarter and the Chiefs scored 21 points. Otherwise, he's covered every single playoff game.
2: It's amazing. It's amazing. I've told you guys, one of my best friends says he's by far the best coach in the NFL, especially play calling in pressure situations. But, RJ, if the Cowboys are... Go- Yes, Maestro.
5: But how come he didn't run the ball and kick the field goal to go up 10 on the Patriots? Why are you dropping Matt Ryan back? Why? He didn't know where they were on the field. I'm still not over that. He (laughs) thought they were on the 38 and they were on the 28.
2: Clearly. (laughs) Let it go. I'll let Let it go. go. (laughs) RJ, if the Cowboys are going to win this week, then they need their stars to step up. And what we saw last night – was the bucks were content to bracket CD Lamb and leave Dalton Schultz and other guys open who are going to be the guys that have to step up this week if Dallas is going to be successful
4: i think it's going to have to be the running game and especially the offensive line blocking blocking this uh, very good San Francisco front because the in terms of receivers i don't think any, there's really any weak spot to attack on San Francisco the way there was last week and that you could um you know run your offense through Dalton Schultz hits a few good plays for Michael Gallup and then gets CeeDee on gets what he gets I mean I think they're going to shut down the pass pretty effectively and it'll come down to being creative in the run game being able to open some lanes and put them in third and short situations instead of third and long situations of with that San Francisco rush defense being as good as it is if you can win that matchup you have a pretty good chance of winning this game I don't really think the uh the edge for the Cowboys is going to come in the passing game I just think it's going to be too tough for him
2: All right. Well, those are the four games this weekend. And I got to tell you, if they are even close to as good as last weekend, it's going to be a phenomenal weekend of football. It's that time of the show. Our recap presented by Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. Gentlemen, let's go through our best bets and everything we've given out on the show. Mike, if you don't mind, start us off, please.
3: I'm going to start with the Buffalo Bills. Love them, minus four and a half here. I think Cincinnati is absolutely in trouble with the beat-up offensive line and the secondary, not a good combination. And then I think the favorites absolutely roll in this game. There's a ton of clear home field advantages. Give me the Chiefs, Eagles, Bills, 49ers, Moneyline Parlay, plus 249.
2: Love it. Maestro, talk to me. I'm going to roll with the
5: 49ers to stay hot against a Dallas team that looked amazing, but you have to remember who they were playing, the Tampa Bay Bucks, who couldn't run the ball at all. Now you're going up against the most sophisticated, most effective rushing offense in all of football with Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Shanahan. I'll lay
2: the three and a half.
4: RJ, bring us home. I like the Chiefs to cover minus eight and a half against the Jaguars. The Chiefs beat them by 10 while losing the turnover margin 3-0 in their earlier game. And if they don't lose their turnover margin 3-0 in this game, it could be by even more points. I also like teasing the Chiefs and the Eagles, getting them both under three, getting them to teaser alley. So you're getting that great number. I believe both those teams will win by at least three points.
2: And that is our show recap presented by Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. Now, you know, we like to end every one of our shows asking our guys, what's the number one most important things in their minds that they're looking forward to on such an important, hard weekend to figure out when it comes to betting in the NFL? Mikey, what is it for you?
3: Uh, it's the Cincinnati Bengals in their offensive line. If they can hold up and, and somehow beat the Bills here, if they beat the Bills here, I think they're live to win the Super Bowl. So I want to see how that offensive line handles that overall road environment uh, with
2: the Bills.
4: RJ, what about you? I'm obviously looking most at the bills bengals being a Bills fan, but I think the key thing here is Jalen Hurts' health and how the Eagles' offense looks with Jalen Hurts and Lane Johnson back in the fold there. Because if they play effectively and play like they were early in the season, they should be the Super Bowl favorites over the 49ers. If Jalen Hurts does not look like his MVP self, then the 49ers are probably going to the Super Bowl. Maestro, talk to me.
5: Yeah, it's going to be uh, Lane Johnson and Jalen Hurts and just following their progress this week because that's the game I'm struggling with the most. The Giants are so appealing and Brian Dayball and what they're building. But is it going to come crashing back to reality if those guys are healthy?
2: All right, a lot to look forward to. There are still four days between now and the games on Saturday. But a quick reminder, we will be there for you Over the weekend, we'll have an extended morning show on Saturday to take you through the Jags and the Chiefs. Then at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time later in the day, we will count down on Early Edge Live to the Giants and the Eagles that at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Then on Sunday, an extended morning show for the Bengals and the Bills. And then, of course, a special start time for Early Edge Live, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. Counting down to the Cowboys and the 49ers live from the West Coast. Man, it's been an incredible season so far but we still have a few more weeks to go with that being said there's only one thing left to do and i believe you all know what that is you've got your marching orders let's take all of these tickets straight to the pay window for my entire crew all season love them all m squared the stoic one the maestro and of course snake on the ones and the twos i am the coach we're here every single week to get you set to get you set for the most popular sport in america we love it we grind for you so we can win with you at the early edge good luck